0: Welcome to The God Solution, where we discuss answers to humanity's questions about God and God's answers to humanity's questions. I'm Tyler Suplee, and I am interning with Master Plan for the summer, and I'm here in the studio with Christina Kunda and Dakota Woody.
1: I'm Christina, and I'm also interning with Master Plan Ministries this summer. I will be a senior in the fall at Butler University in Indianapolis, Indiana, And at Butler University, I'm studying arts administration with an emphasis in music. If I wasn't in Colorado this summer, I would be living in Fishers, Indiana, but I'm actually from the Midwest area. I've lived in places in Illinois, Indiana, and Ohio.
2: Hello, I'm Dakota Woody. I'm originally from Montrose, Colorado. I currently go to Fort Lewis College here in Durango. I just finished my junior year. I am studying elementary education, and the reason for that is because I just love kids. They are awesome. I would like to go into youth ministry later down the road.
0: And a little bit more about myself, I am currently going into my senior year at Salisbury University on the Eastern Shore of Maryland, studying interpersonal communication. With that degree, I plan on going into full-time ministry after I graduate and just serving God's kingdom in any way that I can. We'll be taking over for Nate Herbst today as we do The God Solution. So as many of you probably know, this upcoming week is 4th of July. I know it's not today, but happy early 4th of July. I'd like to start out with reading you the Pledge of Allegiance that we say. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Now let's break this down. For all of you who are pledging your allegiance to this flag, according to dictionary.com, to pledge means a solemn promise or agreement to do or refrain from doing something. An allegiance means the loyalty of a citizen to his or her government. In this first statement of the Pledge of Allegiance, you are saying that you solemnly promise or agree to be a loyal citizen of your government. Now, this government that you're pledging your allegiance to is represented by the flag of the United States of America. As you're probably aware, our flag is a very symbolic part of our country. The red, white, and blue, the stars and stripes, they all represent the freedom that we have in this country. The colors themselves are actually symbolic. Red symbolizes hardiness and valor. White symbolizes purity and innocence, while blue represents vigilance, perseverance, and justice. The stars are symbolic of the 50 states that make up this great nation. On June 14th, 1777, In order to establish an official flag for our new nation, the Continental Congress passed the First Flag Act. The flag of the United States be made of 13 stripes, alternate red and white, that the Union be 13 stars, white, in a blue field, representing a new constellation. The red and white alternating stripes represent the original 13 colonies that declared our independence from Great Britain on July 4, 1776. The republic that the flag represents represents, is talking about a country where people elect representatives from among themselves to make laws for everyone. One nation under God means that this country was formed under God and its people should act according to that truth, but we'll talk more about that here in a bit. Indivisible means that this nation cannot be split into parts, with liberty and justice for all means freedom and a system of law for every person in the nation regardless of their differences. So when you're saying the Pledge of Allegiance, in essence, you're saying, I solemnly promise and agree to be a loyal citizen to the government that is represented by the flag of the United States of America, and to our country where we can elect the representatives from among ourselves to make laws for everyone. This country was formed under God, and I will act according to that truth. This nation will stay unified and not be split into parts, and we will have freedom and a system of law for every person, regardless of their differences. When you make this Pledge of Allegiance, you are not pledging allegiance for the people around you or every single person in this country. You are making the statement for yourself. Now let's go back to this whole idea of one nation under God. As I said before, we are to live out our lives according to this truth. To live in this truth, we have to understand, the best we can of course, who God is, what He claims, what He offers, and what our response is to that. Now who is God and what does He claim? God claims to be three in one, the Trinity, God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In the Bible, God claims to be love, the beginning and the end, almighty, the creator of the world, all-knowing, all-powerful, ever-present, unchanging, everlasting, full of power, mighty to save, the way, the truth, the life, the Prince of Peace, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Bread of Life, the light of the world, and so many other things throughout Scripture. Now what does God offer us? Again, throughout Scripture, God claims a lot of things that He's going to be in our lives. Just to give you a few examples, He claims to be our Lord, our Life, our Savior, our Redeemer, our Teacher, our Healer, our Deliverer, our Justification, our Strength, our Righteousness, our Peace, our Advocate, our Father, and our Friend. With this truth, we must ask ourselves, if God really is all those things to me, what does he expect from me? How am I supposed to repay all these things that he has done for me? Well, we hear more about this from Christina and Dakota later, but just to give you a quick idea, all God wants from you is a relationship. And like any healthy relationship, there is a sense of commitment, communication, serving, and love. With this relationship, God promises to set us free from the things that are keeping us from him. Going back to the history of our country, as most of you probably know, the reason that we celebrate this holiday is because on July 4th of 1776, 56 men signed one of the most important historical documents in our nation. During this time period, we were already rebelling against the British government. A committee was put together to construct this declaration. The committee consisted of two New England men, John Adams of Massachusetts and Roger Sherman of Connecticut, Two men from the Middle Colonies, Benjamin Franklin of Pennsylvania and Robert R. Livingston of New York. And one Southerner, Thomas Jefferson of Virginia. The freedom we have in this country did not come without a price. Do you ever wonder what happened to the men who signed the Declaration of Independence? Their contribution to this country did not stop at signing this piece of paper. But they devoted their lives, their family, their fortunes, and honor to the independence of this country. Here are some statistics about the 56 men that signed that historical document. Twenty four were lawyers and jurists, eleven were merchants, nine were farmers and large plantation owners, men of means, well educated. But they signed the Declaration of Independence knowing full well that the penalty would be death if they were ever captured. Five signers were captured by the British as traitors and tortured before they died. Twelve had their homes ransacked and burned. Nine fought and died from wounds or hardships of the Revolutionary War. Thomas McKean was so hounded by the British that he was forced to move his family almost constantly. He served in the Congress without pay, and his family was kept in hiding. His possessions were taken from him, and his poverty was his reward. Eight had their property looted by soldiers or vandals. At the Battle of Yorktown, Thomas Nelson Jr. noted that the British General Cornwallis had taken over the Nelson home for his headquarters. He quietly urged General George Washington to open fire. The home was destroyed, and Nelson died bankrupt. Francis Lewis had his home and his property destroyed. The enemy jailed his wife, and she died within a few months. John Hart was driven from his wife's bedside as she was dying. Their 13 children fled for their lives. His fields were laid to waste. For more than a year, he lived in forests and caves, returning home to find his wife dead, and his children vanished. A few weeks later, he died from exhaustion and a broken heart. These men did not just sign a document, but, standing tall, straight, and unwavering, they pledged, and I quote, for the support of this declaration, with firm reliance and protection of the divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortune, and our sacred honor. Freedom definitely is not free. Well over one million soldiers have died over the course of our country's history to give us what we have today. About 25,000 soldiers fought and gave their life in the Revolutionary War to help achieve the national freedom that we have in our country today. Our soldiers fought and died to achieve freedom for all Americans in the Civil War. About 500,000 soldiers fought and died to achieve international freedom in both the World Wars. That's not to mention the number of casualties in the Spanish-American War, the Korean War, Vietnam, and the Persian Gulf War. Our soldiers are fighting and dying in modern conflicts to protect our freedoms and to achieve those for others as well. If you don't understand how well we actually have it in this country, consider this. In 2009, only about 46% of the world's population was considered to be free. Yes, the United States was part of that category, but consider the other 54%. Of that 54%, 20% is considered partially free, and 24% is considered not free at all. That's about 2.3 billion people in the world who cannot and do not experience a hint of freedom. More than half of this freedomless population lives in China. Other countries in this category would be Cambodia, Egypt, Iraq, Russia, Afghanistan, Iran, Vietnam, Saudi Arabia, and North Korea. But like I said before, God is a God of freedom. But there is no amount of soldier casualties that can earn us this freedom. God demands perfection. And unfortunately, that's not a standard that any of us can reach. But there is good news. Jesus was perfect, and his death on the cross and the blood that he shed was the price that had to be paid for your freedom and for my freedom. But we're going to hear more about this from Christina in Dakota. This is a little bit of history about the Pledge of Allegiance and the Declaration of Independence. I hope this gives you a better insight as to what our founding fathers went through to make our country
1: what it is today. Thanks, Tyler, for that little bit of history. As we think back to the history of our country, I want you now to think back to your history. And I have a couple questions for you. Are you free from your past? Do you have regrets? Chances are you've probably both said and done things that you are not proud of. I know I have. The question is, what did you do with your past? Did you do your best to fix it or repair it? Did you ignore it? Have you confronted your past actions or actions that have been done to you? If not, I encourage you to do so today. Here's an encouragement from the Bible to help you. Who is a God like you? Who pardons offenses and passes by the transgressions of the remnant of his heritage? You do not retain your anger forever because you delight in mercy. Micah seven eighteen 18-19. So specifically, what is it that you feel like you need to be freed from today? Today there are a lot of different things that people need to be freed from. Here in America, we can enjoy political freedom. But what emotionally do you need to be freed from today? Are you free from illness? Are you or a loved one going through a hard time with health? Sometimes holidays are the hardest times for families who have experienced losing a loved one. If you know someone or a family in that situation this 4th of July, reach out to them and help free them. Proverbs tells us, A merry heart does good like medicine. Be that medicine to someone or a family today. And if you are going through it yourself, here's a prayer for you. Heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me, and I shall be saved, for you are my praise. From Jeremiah 17:14. Another question I have for you is, are you free from addiction today? Whether it's alcohol, drugs, porn, entertainment, food, the internet, Facebook, work, or whatever else we find ourselves addicted to. All of these things promise an escape and freedom from our daily troubles, but soon don't we find ourselves trapped in more bondage than before? If your hope is to be free from an addiction today, Here's something for you. You, Lord, are able to keep me from falling and to present me faultless before the presence of your glory with exceeding joy. Jude 24. Another question I have for you is, are you free from emotional pain? Sin and selfishness have left us anxious, depressed, confused, and emotionally unsatisfied. I hope that you feel appreciated today and that you matter because you definitely do. God cares more about you than anyone else ever could. His heart is broken when he sees you broken in grief, pain, and depression. He thinks that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Can you believe it? I hope that you can. If you're struggling with this today, remember, the Lord has appeared of old to me, saying, Yeah, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. Jeremiah 31, 3. Another question I have for you is, Are you free from guilt and shame? Do you have people in your life who won't let certain things of your past go? Maybe that person is you. You won't let yourself forget something you did or said. Maybe you feel like you deserved to be punished for what happened, and you're making sure that you punish yourself. Or maybe someone else is taking your punishment into their own hands. Whatever the case, whatever it is that you did or said, you can be free from it forever, and it can start today. So if you haven't forgiven yourself, or maybe you haven't forgiven someone else, I encourage you to examine that decision today and to see who is really benefiting from that decision. I bet the answer is no one. Rest assured in God's promise that he says in Jeremiah 33, 8, I will cleanse you from all your wrongdoing by which you have sinned against me, and I will pardon all of your offenses. God doesn't say some offenses. He says all. The God of the universe, who is perfect and holy, can and does forgive you. So today, think about who it is that you need to forgive. Are you free from being controlled by circumstances? Many today are living reactive lifestyles, simply surviving by reacting to whatever circumstances come. It reminds me of the movie The Princess Diaries, when Mia looks in the mirror as she gets ready for school and says, Well, as always, this is as good as it gets. Do you have that? This is as good as it gets mentality, or are you constantly living the life you've been given to live to the full? When Jesus came, he made clear which one we are to live. He said, "I have come that they may have life and have it to the full," in John 10:10. 10, 10. Are you included in the "they," Jesus was talking about? Have you been living your life to the full, and will you start today? Another thing are expectations. Are you free from expectations? Expectations others have for us and expectations we have for ourselves keep us from freedom to pursue our purpose. Have you had high expectations set on you ever since you can remember? Do you know where these expectations came from or the purpose for them? Are they still necessary in your life or are they holding you back from experiencing freedom? If you need to break free from expectations set by yourself or others, Psalm 56 9 says, When I cry to you, then will my enemies turn back. This I know, for God, you are for me. The God of the universe is for you. Let that sink in a little bit. He wants you to be free to live the life he created you to live, one of abundance and to the full, not one bounded by expectations. Another question I have for you today is are you free from anxiety and worry? Are you constantly focusing on things that are out of your control? Whether it is something at work or a family member that is not doing well physically, or your child going off to college, or other decisions in the future, are you trying to take control of things and situations that are just beyond your control? What is the outcome when you try to do that? I have found that when I try to take control when it's beyond me, that I end up feeling more helpless and less in control. And I also feel more anxious. If you feel chained by anxiety today, I want to share with you a verse that I have repeated to myself almost on a daily basis. Jesus says in Matthew six thirty four, Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough troubles of its own. I have found that verse to be so true. So today, I encourage you to focus on today. Another question I have for you is, are you free from doubt? Doubt is defined as a feeling of uncertainty. First, What is it that you are certain about today? I know for me, I am certain that it is Sunday, July 1st. I am certain that I am wearing a watch. I am certain that I love my mom and dad. And I am certain that I am loved by God. Are you? And what is it that you are uncertain about? What is it that has you doubting? Maybe your doubt started when you were a young child and has just continued to grow. Or possibly the doubt is recent. Whatever it is that you are doubting today... I encourage you to seek out the answers so that you can once again be certain. As you start this journey, here's some encouragement. This is the confidence that I have in you, God, that if I ask anything according to your will, you hear me. And if I know that you hear me, whatever I ask, I know that I have the petitions that I desire of you. 1 John 5.14 The last question I have for you today is one that kind of brings everything else together. And the question is, are you free from fear? Fear is defined as an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that something or someone is dangerous, likely to cause pain or a threat. Who or what is threatening your freedom today? Is it a fear of danger? A fear of what other people might think? A fear of inadequacy? Or a fear of the unknown? What is it that you fear? I know that I can really relate to a fear of danger. Two crushed fears ago, we had to go repelling to crush the fear of danger. And I was beyond terrified because I had never climbed up a mountain, let alone down it. And I can honestly tell you that it was one of the scariest things that I've ever done. But that afterward, I felt the sense of victory that I had never felt before. I hope that you can experience that victory today. The Bible tells us in Psalm 111.10, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who follow his precepts have good understanding. When we fear God, it is not because we think he will cause us pain or because he is a threat or dangerous, but rather because we know how amazing he is. We are to be in awe of him and his mighty power. The Lord commands us, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. Are you in the place where you can be freed from fear? Are you among those that the Lord calls his? Have you been freed from sin? If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The God Solution. Tyler, Dakota, and myself have been taking over for Nate Herbst today as we're interning with Master Plan Ministries this summer. Today we've been talking about the history of the Pledge of Allegiance, the Declaration of Independence, and talking about different topics that often hinder us from experiencing freedom today. Please tune in every Sunday at 8.30 on 91.9 or 93.9 FM here in Durango or listen online at kdur.org.
2: Since we have been talking about the history of our nation and the things that hindered us from experiencing freedom in our life, I would like to pose a question to you. Are you free from sin and its consequences? Many long for freedom to do whatever they want. Not really that it is anything but freedom. What if we drove our lives following our heart rather than the rules of the road. What initially may have seemed to be freedom would in reality result in pain and death. All God's laws are for our own good. The laws that God has for us are like a fence around my yard at home that allows my dog to run freely around the yard. A quote by J.K. Chesterton Says most modern freedom is not at root fear. It is not much so that we are too bold to endure rules, it is rather that we are too timid to endure responsibilities. When I do it my own way, I and others will suffer, and this is what leads to the sin cycle. James one fourteen through fifteen says, But each one is tempted when by his own evil desires he is dragged away and enticed. Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. In order to experience freedom, we have to realize that sin itself is not the primary cause. The cause for sin starts with desire. What does our heart want? And then from desire, this leads to a temptation or things that we want to do, that our flesh, that ourselves want to carry out. And once we carry this action out, this temptation, sin manifests itself in ourselves, which leads to us committing a sin against God, which leads others to be dragged down with us, and for them to suffer as well. This leads to conviction, or the guilt that we feel from sin. From there, we can choose to go one of two ways. The first, we can run from God, hiding from Him and rationalizing our sin, just like Adam and Eve. When we begin to rationalize sin, we begin to believe a lie. That results in bondage and isolation from God and others. Then this cycle repeats itself over and over again. The second way, we can run to God, confessing our sin, just as 1 John 1, 5-9 says. When we walk in the light, we know the truth. That results in freedom and fellowship with God and others. It is too often we pick the first route, running and hiding from God, rationalizing our sin. This is the natural human response. And as humans, we hate vulnerability and confrontation. But there's a problem with that. Hebrews 4.13 says, Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of Him to whom we must give account. So God knows everything about us. He knows all the junk from our past. He knows all the sin we have committed. Anything and everything about our lives, He knows. And yet, He still loves us. So why run? Matthew nine thirty six, Jesus saw the crowds, and He had compassion. Jesus shows all of us the same compassion. How awesome is that? Through Christ, I can have freedom from sin and its consequences here and in eternity. Jesus promised, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Sin promises freedom, but shackles us instead. Many think... They are experiencing freedom, but are drowning in a sea of lies. Second Peter 2.19 says, They promise them freedom, while yet they themselves are slaves of depravity. For a man is a slave to whatever has mastered him. Today, if you feel hopeless that you can never break the chains of sin, feeling as if you are a slave to sin, drowning in a sea of lies, and want to experience true freedom... I want to tell you that there is hope, and that hope is true freedom from sin. True freedom is knowing this. God loves you and created you to know Him personally. He has a wonderful plan for your life. And as we talk about being a slave to sin, it is that very sin that is separating us from God. So we cannot know Him personally or experience His love and plan for our lives. But God's response to this Jesus Christ is God's only provision for our sin. Through him alone we can know God personally and experience God's love and plan. Jesus Christ was sent to earth and died in our place, taking the penalty of our sins upon himself. Jesus was buried, then raised from the grave on the third day, conquering death. Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So the only way to be with God is through Jesus. Then there is our response. We must individually receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Then we can know God personally and experience his love and plan for our lives. Jesus says, Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. You can receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior through prayer right now just by confessing your sins to Him and admitting you are in need of Him and to ask Him to come into your life and take control, acknowledging He is who He says He is. Jesus wants us to be free of sin and experience the life He has created us to live, to live the abundant life. So just like our country's freedom came with a tremendous amount of bloodshed, So, too, our spiritual freedom comes only through what Jesus did on the cross. Galatians 5.1 It is freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm, then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. John 8.31-32 If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. It is in Christ alone we can find the freedom to be who we were created to be, to do what we are here to do, to love without insecurities, and to enjoy it all without regret.
0: So to close out this show, I just want to remind you of the words of the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all.
1: I also wanted to leave you with a snippet from the preamble of the Declaration of Independence. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain inalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness.
2: And I would like to leave you with a verse from Galatians five one. Stand fast in the liberty with which Christ has made you free, and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. I'd like to remind you that you can go to eternityimpact.blogspot.com to hear this show and previous shows as well. I'd like to invite you to Grace Church this morning at 1045. It is located at 1440 Florida Road. So thank you for listening to The God Solution. I hope you have a great 4th of July this week. (laughs)